For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Praise the Lord. Thank you for tuning in today as we dive into God's holy word and dig out those nuggets of truth, those nuggets of gold that we can apply to our lives, that we may be right with God and walk with God and close with God. Can you think of a better person to be close with than God Almighty? Yes, I said person because Jesus is God in the person in person. Amen. He is God in the flesh. And so that is how we have intercession with God is through Jesus Christ. So if you want to open your Bible to John, John chapter 13, we'll start in verse 21. And we'll just kind of skip through the first couple of verses here. And it's where Jesus is with the disciples and he lets them know that one of you is going to betray me. I mean, tells them up front, blatantly and bluntly but yet they don't get it they don't understand oh how jesus talks to us and we just don't get it no matter how clear he makes it we don't get it so john chapter 13 and verse 21 the bible says when jesus had thus said he was troubled in his spirit and testified said verily verily i say unto you that one of you shall betray me and the disciples, they looked around, doubting at one another. Well, what, what is Jesus talking about? What, what is he talking about? And then in verse 26, he, he lets them know that uh, Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. After the sop, Satan entered into him. They said, Jesus unto him, that thou doest, doest quickly. Jesus told him, after Satan had entered into Judas Iscariot, Jesus told him that thou doest what you're going to do, do it quickly. Don't wait around. Don't, don't mess around. Let's get it done. Do it quickly. Verse 28, Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. See, they thought that he was talking to Judas, like, Judas, get it done Get it done quickly because if you remember, Judas was the treasurer. Judas carried the money bag. And so they were thinking that, well, maybe he's sending Judas out to pick something up to eat. Maybe he's, he's sending him out to get some supplies. And he's telling him, hey, hurry up. What you're going to do, do it quickly. But no, Jesus was talking about Judas betraying him. But here Jesus told him that. He literally said that, that one of you shall betray me. And yet 
they're in the presence of Jesus, hearing the words of Jesus, seeing the lips of Jesus move, and yet they do not understand the words that are coming out of his mouth. The other disciples plainly didn't. And oh, how we can be the same way. We, we look down, we can look down on these disciples and say, why, why in the world they're so dumb? They don't get it. But how many times have me and you not got it? And we had to learn it the hard way. And it, listen, like mama said, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Amen. And so when you learn it the hard way, it, it's the tough way. Why? Because they weren't inclined to what Jesus was talking about. They weren't in tune with what Jesus was talking about. And how many times can me or you be that way? We have so many things. And you know why it normally is? It's normally our own agenda is holding us back. Our own agenda is Filled, our mind is filled with all the things that we want, all the things that we want to do, all the things that we want to see happen, instead of being filled with what Jesus is talking about, what Jesus is saying, and what Jesus is telling us to focus on. We've got so much emphasis on so many other things, we can't even hear the words of Jesus. Amen. And so before we, we just look down on his disciples like, man, you guys couldn't understand what Jesus was talking about. You're sitting in the same room and he's telling you, somebody, one of you is going to betray me and you don't understand. We better stop and look at our own selves and say, am I right with God? Am I in his word every day? Am I listening and am I hearing and am I applying what Jesus is telling me in my life? Are we like these disciples? Well, we're, we're, try, we're hearing Jesus, but we don't hear him. It's one 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 ear and out the other. And we're certainly not applying it because we're not hearing it. Oh, it may sound good. And you can say, oh, well, I did my part. I went to church. I tithed. But you never heard Jesus speak. You was never able to apply it to your life because you did not grasp what Jesus was trying to tell you because you were so filled with your own agenda. You see, when you empty yourself of yourself, then you are ready to be filled up with the Lord Jesus and be used of God. Did you hear what I said? When you empty yourself of yourself, you are then ready to be used by God because then God can fill you up with what he has for you, for your life, because he has a plan for each and every one of us. Will you obey that plan? Will you hear the words of Jesus? Amen. Now here he's talking about one of his own betraying him, even though we knew it had to happen. Jesus knew that it had to happen. Jesus still loved Judas Iscariot, even though he knew that Judas was going to betray him. Let me tell you, that is a love that only can come from God himself. And that's where God says, love your enemies. You see, he showed us what it looks like. He didn't just say, love your enemies. No, he showed you what it looked like he loved Judas Iscariot to the very end the Bible says and he would have forgiven Judas if he would Judas would have got on his knees and repented of his sins and asked Jesus to save him Jesus would have saved him so Jesus didn't just say love your enemies no he showed you what you need to do he walked it and lived it out in front of you 
And so if you drop down to verse 30, he then having received the sop went out immediately and it was night. And that was Judas Iscariot. When, remember what Jesus said, the one that I give the sop to, that's the one that's going to betray me. In verse 30, he received the sop and the Bible says immediately he went out. You remember what Jesus told him? What you're going to do, do it quickly. Go ahead and get it done. Don't wait around, in other words. Get on, get on with it. In verse 31, Jesus is going to give a new commandment. Amen. Thank God for the new commandments that Jesus has given us. Because see, he came to fulfill the law. I cannot fulfill the law and you cannot fulfill the law. But Jesus did. He came and he fulfilled the law for us. That's why we can put our faith and trust in him. Amen. John chapter 13, verse 31, the Bible says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now, the Son of Man is glorified. He said, The Lord was anticipating the work of redemption, which he was about to accomplish. He was about to accomplish the work of redemption, he, and he knew it. He was thinking about it. His death was not defeat. It might seem like defeat, but only God can bring victory out of death. So his death might have seemed like defeat, yet it was the means by which lost sinners to, could be saved, even to this day, even today. And if you're a lost sinner, what Christ did on that cross 2,000 years ago can save you from your sins today. And I'll fully explain that before the end of this message. So listen in. So here it was followed by his resurrection and ascension. He was greatly honored in it all. And God is glorified. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. God is glorified in the work of the Savior, in the work that he did on that cross. And if you listen to my last couple of messages, I, re I referred it to like a soldier going to war. And it, you talk about, Jesus talks about the glory, the glory of the cross. Now, how can you talk about glory? Dying on a cross, what kind of glory is that but it's the glory is is because he won the battle he defeated death hell and the grave on that cross and so that glory he's talking about is like a soldier going to battle you see when a soldier goes to battle and he knows he's gonna win he knows when he wins and he defeats the enemy he can stand in victory. He can stand in glory. And that's what Jesus was talking about. That's what Jesus is thinking about. And that's what Jesus is referring to when he says that. Hey, I'm going to stand in victory because I'm going to beat death, hell, and the grave on the work that I do on that cross. Amen. John chapter 13, verse 32, the next verse. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. That, that is a tongue twister kind of verse there because if you stop and think about it, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three are one. And here he says, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself. So God is glorified in himself by the work that his son did on the cross. It glorifies him, but it also glorifies Jesus. Why? Because they are the three in one. They are the one person, but they are 
are three. And the one you say, fully explain that, preacher. I cannot fully explain that. If I could fully explain God, he wouldn't be God at all now, would he? No, sir, and no, man. But I can tell you what I can do. I can fully believe what God says, amen? It must be taken by faith. That's what it is. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, the Bible says. Now, we can break it down that Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the one that God has sent to me and to you to have intercession through him, through Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh. The Holy Spirit is the one that comes in and dwells in you after you're born again, after you're saved. The Bible says that you are sealed unto the day of redemption, and that is with the peace of God himself. It is the Holy Spirit moves in. And God, God is a spirit. The Bible says that he's not flesh and blood. He's not white. He's not black. He's not purple. No, the Bible says God is a spirit. And if you want to worship God, the Bible says you must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so there is the three in one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Do I fully understand everything about it? No, sir. No, ma'am. But I fully believe it. Why? Because God has moved into my heart and changed my life and he can do the same for you. He can pull you out of the muck and the mire and set your feet on solid ground. Amen. That you may live for him in his glory. Does that mean everything will be smooth sailing? No, sir. And no, ma'am. The Bible says, yea, those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You will have tax attacks. But in the end, even death, even death cannot have the victory over you. Why? Because of the finished work that Jesus did on the cross when he was glorified. And that's what he's speaking about here. That's where he's going. He's going to glory. He's going to be glorified. His father's going to be glorified. Amen. Why? Because of what he did on that cross. So I'm going to read that verse again. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. God the Father fulfilled the prediction of the Lord Jesus by raising him from the dead and seating him at his own on the right hand of God in heaven. God would not wait until the kingdom was ushered. No, he, he brought his son there immediately and he is set down there on the right hand of the Father. Isn't that something if you think about the modern dayness? They always say the leftists, and those are usually the radicals. And even the Bible talks about on the right hand of God. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong if you're on the left hand of God. No, I don't mean it like that. But Jesus is in the right hand of God. He is in the right place. Amen. And he is there. He is coming back. He is coming back for his church. He is coming back for his bride. Hey, make sure that you are right with God. God, make sure because you don't know, you do not know when you're going to take your last breath. You may not make it through the night. Your heart may stop in just a minute. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not wait. You are not promised tomorrow. We do not know what's going to happen. And that's why the Bible says today, today is a salvation. You see, everybody in America knows Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but they really don't understand what it means to be born again. And Jesus said, if you want to see heaven, ye must be born again. He didn't say you got to try or do your best or hope so or give all that you can. No, he said, ye must be born again if you want to see heaven. Amen. So we're going to finish that up here in just a minute. 
Let's get to our next verse. John chapter 13, verse 33. Little children. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is talking to grown men here. He is talking to the disciples. If you remember, there was a tax collector, some fishermen. These are grown professional men, and he calls them little children. John chapter 13, verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, now I'm telling it to you. For the first time, the Lord Jesus addressed his disciples as little children, like a term, a term of endearment, a, a word of love and affection. Hey, you little children, the ones that I care for, the ones that I take care of, the ones that I love, the ones that I look after. That's what he's telling them. That's what he's calling them. Now, these are grown men, and he's calling them little children. And it makes me think of that, that verse where he, he talks about if you were to hurt one of these little children, it was better for you than a millstone be tied around your neck and you'd be drowned in the sea. I don't think he's talking about just little children there. I think he's talking about his children, whether they be grown men or little boys or little girls. Because here, he's talking to these grown men, and he calls them little children. Amen. Why? What does that mean? That means he loves you. He's looking after you. He cares for you. He's going to watch out for you. Amen. Glory to God. I thank God that I'm a child of God and that I am a little child in him and always will be as long as I'm alive. Thank God I can never lose it. And that's what he wants for you. He wants to call you his child. He wants so bad to call you his child that he laid down his life for you. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what somebody did to you when you were little. I don't the Bible doesn't doesn't care what somebody did to you. The Bible doesn't care what you have done. The Bible says that all can be saved. The second Peter three nine says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to us nor usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and all, let me translate that for you. That means all, each and every person, no matter what you've done or what somebody's done to you, amen, God wants you to be saved. For God so loved what? The world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't save those people that look nice on Sunday, those people that got nice clothes. He didn't say any of that. Those people that drive Mercedes, the ones that everybody cares about. No, for God so loved the world. Amen. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Matter of fact, Jesus rebuked many of the Pharisees, many of the great religious leaders, the ones that were well-dressed, properly dressed, properly spoken, stood up straight, looked proud. Amen. He rebuked them, but the ones that were humble, the ones that were lowly, hey, God showed them grace with open arms. Come to me, ye little children. But those ones that were proud, that thought they had it all together, he rebuked them and rejected them. Amen. Why? Because they were full of pride. Moving on, our next verse, John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. During Jesus' absence, we are to be governed by the commandment of love. Does love 
govern your life, like Jesus said. So the Ten Commandments taught love, to love God, love your neighbor. So that was not, not new. But this commandment was new in the way that because God was sending the Holy Spirit to empower us to obey what he said, we would have the power to do that. Because it's not always easy to love. It isn't. It's easy to get in the flesh and get mad and say something snarly or, or snip at somebody. That's real easy. But it comes hard to bite your tongue, to be kind, to, to say something nice when you know they said something mean. See, that, that doesn't come natural. That only comes supernatural through the Holy Spirit. When he moves in, he gives you the power to do that. And so it, it was this commandment was new in the fact that he was going to give you the ability and the power and the means by the power of the Holy Spirit to live out this commandment that he has given. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. And that, that doesn't come. See, you'll love somebody when they're doing something for you, when they're looking out for you, when they got your best interest at heart, when, when they're always doing something nice for you. But it doesn't come natural when they don't like you or they look down on you or they talk bad about you or, or they're always out to get you or they want to hurt you. Hey, it's hard to love that. And you can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. You, you may give it a valiant effort, but you can't truly do it apart from God because it does not come naturally. It is supernatural. Amen. And that is the only way that it comes to love like Jesus loved. What did he say? Love one another as I have loved you. In other words, you can't do it in of yourself. It's got to be done through the Holy Spirit. But the closer you walk with God, the closer you get with God, the closer you get with Jesus, the more you hear Jesus' voice and allow the words of Jesus to have power over your life, the more you will be able to love those that are unlovable. The more you will love people, the more that you love God, the more the love of God is going to flow from you. Amen. Verse 35, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye love one another. Hey, the badge of Christian, uh, being a Christian disciple is not a cross worn around the neck or a lapel pin that says, hey, I'm a disciple. No, according to the Bible, see, anybody could do that. Anybody could claim their disciple by wearing a cross around their neck or on their lapel or on their tie. No, but the Bible says the true mark of a Christian is love for his fellow Christian, that he love one another. That is the true mark of a disciple, and this requires divine power, and this power is only given to those indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Verse 36 Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither thou goest? Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou cannot follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And he's talking about after he comes back. And Peter says, I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered him, letting him know, No, you've got a lot of zeal without knowledge, really, there, Peter. Because he says, Hey, you're, he let Peter know. Peter might have had a little bit of pride in him there because Jesus kind of cut him down there. Then he said, you're going to deny me three times. He went ahead and told him, out of your flesh. And he did. But after, after Jesus died, after the Holy Spirit come, the power 
came, the power came upon Peter of the Holy Spirit. And he preached at Pentecost and thousands got saved. Amen. I ask you, are you listening to God? Are you being filled with the Spirit? Are you hearing his word? Are you reading his word? Are you loving his people loving one another or is the only thing that says you're a Christian is you've got a cross around your neck or on your tie or a fish on your car because the Bible says that hey you will have love one for another and if you're not saved the Bible says today is a day of salvation repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ we pray you have been blessed by today's message if you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.